Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. Rainy day again. Matt, today I thought we'd have oh, I love spring. It, and I, I, know, I, know I love, love it. it but In the tanks. Oh, yes, but, of course. But every time it rains, I always, it, that's when I notice what, which gutters are blocked. Right. And so okay. I was out, out in the rain, <laughs> you know, when I, I got back from, from work and straight out into the, cause you know, the gutter was uh, over from one that I just missed. I, you know, right. oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah. And of anyway. course that's water for you because you're on tank water where you are. Yeah, that's right. And so yeah. that's water going to waste that anyway, you need for the shower. So. Bring on the spring rain, Stu. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't mind it at night, but I tell you what, um, earlier in the evening last night, it was raining so heavy. Water was, uh, it was everywhere. And mm. you, know, you wake up this morning to, to puddles, but Hey, I always say the reason we enjoy summer so much is because we've had winter well you know the reason you enjoy summer right summer's always a bit hot for me i know you like the winters anyway (laughs) we're uh, we're going to continue on we're into uh our thrive deeper episode 155 uh today we're going to finish out close out the book of second corinthians so we'll be covering sort of from chapters 10 on to chapter 13 uh, and for our listeners just a reminder this was written to the church in corinth about a year after First Corinthians was written, potentially. Um, at this part of the letter, Paul is kind of looking to address the sort of the false prophets that have, that have turned up in the church in, in Corinth. They'd been opposing Paul and his teaching, and uh, he wants to address that in anticipation of his planned upcoming visit. Um, he wanted to try to have these issues resolved through him writing to them and uh, to prevent major conflict when he actually arrived in person. So it was it was very much a letter trying to let's deal with these things before I got, get there um, so that our visit together can be positive rather than, you know, essentially dealing in the, dis- in the discipline of the church. Mm. And I think it's important for us as we read these letters, rather than just thinking about this in the context of history, to realize that this is important to us as modern day churches because we face very similar mm. challenges over yeah, we do. church Nothing leadership yep. and or the authority of scripture to speak into our life and our worldview. Mm. So I think it's important that we, we look at these things from that perspective yeah. as well, Matt. So interesting uh moving to the text when you get to chapter ten and we're we're mm. gonna look from chapter ten of Second Corinthians yep. today. There's a there's a complete shift in tone. It's it almost um uh, this has been noted actually, and, and there, there's lots of discussion around this actually in, uh, in in New Testament scholarship about what what actually what happened here because he almost he almost well he does kind of reintroduce himself. Yeah, he does. So some yeah. people think, well, this actually is this another letter that was joined to, to the one because he said, by the humility and gentleness of Christ, I uh, I appeal to you, I Paul, who am timid, when you know. Um, and because you get quite a combative tone here, it's quite yeah, a yeah. quite a change of tone. So it's been very conciliatory, and yep. after probably an initial, um, an initial slightly harsher tone, then he goes to a conciliatory tone, and yep. you sort of, and then you know ends with the appeal. Okay, so that's a lot of letters take. You know, there are other letters that take, take that, that trajectory yeah. and sort of finish with the more conciliatory and an appeal, and then that's when it finishes. Yeah. 
But now it's like, wow, we're back into the back yeah. into the ring yeah. suddenly, and yeah. and it's got this uh, more combative tone to it, and, you, and and so and even sarcastic, you know. It's interesting though, yeah, it is, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah, you know, he's kind of he's almost, you know, trying to mock these these other prophets, yeah. or these other apostles, I should say. So yeah, you know, really. Uh, but but th- th- there's so much I yeah, I like is. about so so much that I value actually about what does happen here. Mm-hmm. Now, one possible. Explanation, because we think I think we think you know you sit down, you write a letter, and and then you send it off. Quite likely, Paul actually composed these letters over over significant periods of time, not yeah. all in one not all in one shot. Yeah. And it may even be that he's working on on this correspondence over, over a, period a period of time, uh, over a period of time, right. and then and then there's a because remember the other thing he has to wait until someone comes and who reports. can then who can then deliver the letter back, right? right. So he he may well have sat on that. The first part of the correspondence for quite a while. Right. Someone came back with more news, and then he added, and then yeah, you know right. that oh yeah, actually there's still these uh, these apostles are now you know they're they're saying this as well you know and right. this as well and so yeah. so now he adds to that letter. Perhaps it was finished, and then now he adds to that with this sort of extra bit. That's you know I mean you you don't know, but that's no. a possible explanation to yeah, why yeah. he he sort of jumps back. Uh, into the ring here, but in the process, some really interesting. You know, th- there's a lot of interesting stuff that comes out because he's dealing with yep. really very human tendencies and attitudes. The sort of divisiveness that, historically speaking, has been a big issue in the church. Yeah. Issues of pedestalling some at the expense Correct. of others. Yeah. All the stuff that he deals with in this letter is so useful you know it's it's a uh, you know because when you look at church history you see oh no actually these very issues have been you know the church has been beset by these very yep. issues yep. right so so i see in the providence of god uh you know we've got something really valuable here um so again he's dealing with this this the key issue here is the is this the presence of these uh these sort of super apostles these guys that are coming in and where, where the person Paul's this unim, you know uh, painted this unimpressive uh sort of guy possibly um you know there's some speculation around uh you know when he talks about the thorn in his flesh yep um, maybe a speech impediment. Maybe or this is a speech impediment. Maybe it's a stutter because he talks yeah. about being unimpressive yeah. in speech. Um, and, and this seems to be their biggest criticism of him. Yeah. He's just not that impressive yeah. in person. He seems to be really impressive when he writes letters and really strong yeah. and bold. But in person, he's he's sort of timid. And, and that's uh, right. I mean, he does say, um, uh, like for example, in chapter ten. Uh, verse 10, you know, he says, for some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. Okay. And then further on, he talks about the fact that he's not a trained speaker. Yes, that's right. Now you got to understand in the ancient world, uh, being an articulate trained speaker, there was a certain way of doing that. And Mm. and if, if you didn't have that, you were, you almost, you know, the most impressive person was deemed to be the most truthful person. So truth and, and, Articulacy, or, or the, you know, being skilled in the art of rhetoric, were put, sort of put together. Yeah. Um, so, so in that in that time when the ability to capture people with with impressive speech was, you know, really really important. And I think it's not. I think it's somewhat similar in our 
yeah, uh, in our, in our times, why yeah. politicians have speech writers and because, you know, it's yeah. anyway. But yeah. um, so he's fairly whatever is going on here. He's seen as being unimpressive. These guys uh, have have all of the all, all of those skills, and they're coming in and. But they're not speaking the truth, and that's his point. Yeah, that's his point. And and you know they, they they've these guys uh, who have hijacked this. They've hijacked something that really has this upward momentum. And I think this is the this is the tendency in in church history. You get, you know, the kingdom of God really grows, and and it's a movement that that. Um, that is unstoppable, right? But it, at the, there gets a point when it when it gets a certain critical mass, and and it becomes quite a powerful a powerful force in the world. You get people that want to harness that power yeah, right. for their own purposes, for their own purposes. edification. Yeah, yep. it's like Whatever. when it's a persecuted minority, no one cares. Yeah, no, no, right. we don't want to be part of that. Yeah. But as soon as it as soon as it becomes grows to the point where it's actually a force, to, to you know, it, yeah, and and it has a degree of clout. Mm. Oh, then suddenly everyone. Mm. Wants mm. Uh, to to be up the top of that organization. Mm. So, mm. man, that's happened that, yeah. throughout church history. And look, that's part of the enemy scheme, isn't it? Really, at the end of the day, yeah. You know, when you're no <laughs> risk, I'm not going to worry too much about. Yeah, that's you, right. But as soon as you are a risk, I'm I'm yeah, going to be exactly. trying to find my way in here. And Paul even alludes to that, you know, thinking that later on in the book we'll get to there later. On, I'm sure yeah. about these apostles and yeah, the and and, <clears throat> and the fact is, it th- there was. A, uh, something amazing happening in this church. Yeah, I mean, you look at all the, the mm. spiritual gifts that he talks about. It's like, wow, mm. there's, you know, there's a real outpouring of the spirit in this church. Mm. Um, it's it's just what's happened now is that, you know, these people have jumped on it and caused all of this division and all of these issues. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, so that's what he's dealing with. So he's, he, you know, he's in the rather, you know, awkward position yeah. of, of having to sort of defend his own credential. Min- Credentials, yeah. uh, essentially. Yeah. You know, so he says uh, in chapter 11, you know, I hope you'll put up with me in a little foolishness. Yeah. So what Just he's please to, put up with me. Yeah. So he's going he's gonna to now play a part. Well, he's actually going to play it the way they play it yeah. and see how it stacks yeah. up. Okay. Well, if we want to go to this boasting about credentials, well, let's let's do that then. Yeah. You know, yeah. humor he's gonna me, play humor that game. me yeah. I'm going to play this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he says, uh, I'm jealous for you with godly jealousy. I promised, promised you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But uh, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived. So he's, you know, he says, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may be somehow led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. This, yeah. is, what is, this is what is at stake, right? Yeah, that's right. So, so, he's, um, so he says, if someone comes to you and preaches Jesus uh, other than the Jesus we preached, you know, this is the humble suffering. So this doesn't look like these guys. Yeah, right? that's right. I mean, and I, one of the things that he emphasized is that the ministry – that that I'm part of the ministry that really no one really you know there's no gain in 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 this because a, a true Christian ministry looks like Jesus, mm, mm. and and that was a, a you know a, a ministry of self sacrifice and humility becoming poor. That's right, Even and this isn't rich. what these so called yeah. super apostles actually rep, right. you know uh, represent this. Yeah. So. Um, so he goes on to say, I do not think that I'm in, in the least inferior to those super apostles. I may indeed be an untrained spe- be untrained as a speaker, but I do have knowledge. Um, we have made this perfectly clear to you in every way. Mm. Um, and then he goes on to say, was it sin for me to lower myself in yeah. order to elevate you yeah, exactly. by preaching the gospel of God to you free of charge? I mean, this is the other thing, you know, he, he, he em- keeps emphasizing the fact that hey, I didn't. There was no gain in the. I didn't. Mm. You know, there was no gain for me in this. Yeah. 
Um, and I th- and that's where actually now his what's interesting here, Stu, is that his original choice to not take anything from this church, yeah. to make tents, to work for his own living. It was quite a sacrifice in that choice. Absolutely. But now mm. he now can point back. He say, hey, remember, I worked my, I didn't get anything out of this. Yeah. This is where and in there's fact, a real providence yeah, in that. And in fact, what Paul's saying here is that, that um, other churches, it seems mostly probably those in Macedonia, mm. had supported Paul, yeah. even though they were in really tough economic times, yeah. Yeah. when the Corinthian church was kind of the hub yeah. of international commerce at the time, and yet Paul never took any money for yeah. himself from the yeah. relatively wealthy Corinthian church. Uh, and in fact, when he did need stuff, again, stuff or supplies, it was again the believers from Macedonia yeah. who brought them to him. You know, yeah. it's like, so it would perfectly justify it if I had asked you to give me some money, because I know you've got it, yeah. but I didn't want to, because I didn't want you to have any way yeah. of challenging my yeah. motive here. Oh, and 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 there's, uh, you know, I think there's divi- there was divinely inspired for, foresight yeah. uh, in, in that. So it's really in down in eleven, am I in the right chapter? Eleven yeah. sixteen, where where he starts with this kind of fool, what he calls this foolishness, you know, because he says, you know, I repeat, let no one take me for a fool, but if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. So he's going to yep. play the their part. Game. Yeah, yep. He's going to play their game. Yep. Um, in this self-confident boasting, I'm not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. So yes. he makes this, uh, you know, because it's not his game. This is what they're, they're doing. Mm. This is the game. But he said, I don't play this game, but if if I were to play this part, uh, you know, this, this, is how, so this is how it would play out. So he then goes on uh, to talk uh, about, you know, his, his own credentials. credentials. Exactly. He says in... Um, uh, to, from verse 21, whatever anyone else dares to boast about. Yeah. I'm speaking as a fool, he says. Mm. I also dare to boast mm. about. Mm. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Yeah. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Now, all yeah. of this, by the way, is giving us a clue to wh- who these people are. Ah, yeah. So they're, I mean, and you get this a bit. We're going to see this in Galatians as well when we cover Galatians mm. in the next episode, that it's these, what, what you would pre- perhaps refer to as Judaizers um, that, that are coming uh, with all the badges, you know, of honor, of, of, of all the badges of honor. And there were a lot of badges, like mm. pious badges mm. of honor that these uh, yep. these guys were. And, that, and you know. And, and they were imposing that on, on the yeah, church. And yeah, that's right. Saying, so you can't really be the God's people unless you obey these kind of rules. Yeah, so we'll we go, that. that's right. So he goes, you know, are they servants of Christ? Mm. In, in parenthesis there, I'm out of my mind to talk like this. Yeah, he yeah. says, uh, I am more. I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Mm. Five times I've received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, from bandits, from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, Mm. in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled. I've often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked besides everything else. I face daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. <laughs> what a exactly. <laughs> what a list of things. And you're gonna question he, my motives. What? Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. this this passage is stunning in, in terms of uh, because he doesn't really he actually doesn't boast about this in in in, in any other I mean this is the and, and in a way I'm thankful that we do have this because my reaction to this is, whoa, like mm. this is mm. what 
he was discipleship to, yeah, looked right. like for Paul. He was willing to pay whatever it cost. Yeah, you know, when uh, when um, you know, just after Paul was converted and Ananias, um, yep. God speaks to him and he says, "I'm going to show him," you know, because he says, hey, what, uh, "You're talking about Paul here," mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and Jesus says, "I, I, I'm, I will." We'll see how much he has to suffer for my name. You know, th- when Jesus says, take up your cross, anyone who wants to follow must take up his cross. This is what, for Paul, this is what this mm. looked like. I mean, mm. what this guy went through yeah. for the sake of the gospel is just incredible. Uh, Absolutely. You know, five times, 40 lashes, three times beaten with rods. He was stoned, actually, to the point of death, and that is is recorded uh, in, in Acts. Had to escape from someone. Uh, who was it that was trying? King Eratus was it, who was yeah. trying to trying to kill him, and he had to yeah, guard an, the entire city of Damascus. Yeah, I think, yeah. Was to stop him escaping. Yeah, and, and he's let let out, let out by, by rope, by, yeah, on a basket so, down a wall. You know, it's like I mean, goodness me, yeah. uh, and and you know, I mean, th- th- that all comes with. I mean, it's a traumatic you know experience as well. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and he's saying all of this not. Uh, because he wants to hurt them, but because he's trying to say, it's because I love you. It's like, I want you to understand how much I'm willing to pay for my love for you as the Corinthian church. And from what we can tell from scripture, it seems like most of Paul's, uh, more of Paul's attention was given to the Corinthian church, potentially than any other church in terms of the letters written and the visits that he made there. So this was clearly a a city and a church where he felt they had great influence, but also where he wanted to sow deep roots. Yeah. There's a, some of the earliest letters post the apostles, Clements, uh, the Clement of Rome, okay. uh, wrote a couple of letters that that uh, that we have now uh, to the Corinthians, and it's it's still, you know, it's still a church fraught with mm. fraught with issues, not quite to the extent of this, but uh, still still a functioning church, but a church with issues, right? Isn't every church? Well, yeah, and that's the, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we idealize the early yes. church and the impact yeah. of the early church, and the fact is, the early church did have. A massive impact, including including this one, for all of its dysfunctionality. I yeah. mean, it just shows, yeah. you know. I think in and, our weakness, yeah. And <laughs> when I read, you know, Clement's letters, and it's like, wow, this is still. It's not like they got it right and then they had a massive impact. Mm. No, actually, even despite their dysfunctionality, they still had a massive. They still have an impact. I mean, you know, it's easy to criticize a church and say, oh, there's lots of problems with it. I'm out of here. But you know what? Even if the churches, I mean, even if we're like twenty percent effective, mm. that twenty percent can be can be world changing. You yep. know, the fact is, God uses a very crooked stick in the yes. church to make a straight hit, and that's what we see in the case of this church. So, nowhere does Paul here say, "Okay, everyone, leave the church. It's it's too it's far gone." No, no. Or even him saying, uh, "I can't be bothered." Yeah, anymore. I can't be bothered. No, even. Not only he, but still in the next generation. Yeah, there's still no. We we're gonna we you know we're gonna work at these problems and yes. um and and reform this church. The other thing, Stu, that in before we move away from this, um, f- you know, formidable list of trials, <laughs> it's just I you know I I have this. It, it's like God says to me through this. So, what are you willing to sacrifice? Yeah, exactly. What are you willing to sacrifice mm. for, in order to be a seed of my kingdom in this world? Mm. Are you willing to be a seed and and to allow me to push that seed into whatever soil I want to push that? What What are you willing to sacrifice? I, you know, and and I think this is the greatest weakness for us now. I 
our our faith and this mission of Jesus, it just doesn't cost us no. very much. I mean, we struggle even to do the least. I think, and the, and you know, the the least being you know the, just the sharing of resources to even keep the church going, um, let alone pushing out in, in yeah. into mission and and because it's oh, but I've got my home loan, I've got this, and I've got all these other things going on in my life, and. And it's like we'll give what we can afford. What's convenient? Yeah, and, uh, and in terms of, of ourselves mm-hmm. and and of our of our resources. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, and I mentioned the resource thing because he's, you know, because he talks about that in this yeah. in this letter. And as you've said before, Matt, and I think you know Paul speaks to this as well. It's it's not a sacrifice unless it hurts. Exactly. You know? and, yeah. and and I think we give out of our comfort. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh yeah, that's fine, no worries, kind of thing. It's like, well, no, we actually want it to be a worry. Yeah, and, <laughs> we and want you it actually, to hurt. that's right. And you get you know? out of the, you, you get out of that way of thinking. So it's almost like a sense of entitlement. Yes, that that I'll give to this point, but if it's this point, then oh, obviously I'll, I'll stop. If yeah. if the, if it starts to, f- if I start to feel the sting of, of mm. that, it's like really costing me. So, mm. No, no. Paul goes way beyond that, and he yeah. calls on on his churches actually to go yeah. to go beyond that. If if it's got to feel yeah. like a sacrifice, and that's not just about money and resources. That's about coming along and gathering with everybody. Yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes we come and go. Oh no, nah, you know, I'm too tired. Well, it's a lovely sunny day. Yeah. Well, well, that's part of the price we pay. Yeah, together, together yeah. to lift each other up and to praise God, you know? So it's not just about money and resources. It's about um, our posture in the Christian faith. Our our church life, our Christian faith shouldn't be an over the side here thing that I'll fit in in my spare time. It actually needs to be the main thing. Yeah, exactly. So, and and it means that maybe I'll sacrifice, you know, say, um, say an outlay in this area or, or, or for the sake of this, or or maybe I work a bit less or, 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 you know, to to create more space space for this, or maybe I take, a less uh, lucrative job because here I feel that there's a set more greater sense of missional calling or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's the, you know, it's it's that habit of lifestyle which is prepared, which is gospel folk, which is mm. mi- mission focused, mission focused, yeah. and says and 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 just takes it for granted. Of course, this is involves sacrifice, sacrifice because sacrifice is the essence of worship. If there's no sacrifice, there's no worship. Worship yeah. and sacrifice are always associated uh, in 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 the biblical in the biblical mindset. And I yeah. think I think this really un- underlines that for me what he actually goes through yeah. here. So the other thing that that he turns to moving on challenging stuff to chapter it? Wow. yeah it is challenging stuff. Mm. The the other sort of um, particularly for religious leaders in the uh, in the ancient world was spiritual experiences. Yes. You know, yeah. okay, well, what spiritual experiences have yeah, you had? Right, even yeah. right, you know, I tell you, we, we th- this is quite <laughs> convicting because in our time we're really still in this space. We you are. know, you know. So have you? You know, so have you gone to heaven or yes. have you had some great vision or yeah. have you know? And and particularly for these Corinthians because it's like they love the, all the sensational stuff. They love the gifts of signs and wonders and and which God had given to them, right? But um, but that's what they. That's the you know. And Paul is constantly saying, no, no. Actually, it's the ordinary day to day thing of loving people that's actually mm. the most important. Not all this big the fireworks and the no, no. But they in in this context they love the spiritual fireworks, which also means that they love profound revelations, you yes. know, and and, yeah. and and visions and and and, and great experiences and and so. And they're challenging a guy, Paul, yeah, who spent time with the risen Jesus. Yeah. And they gotta challenge this guy's, yeah. you know, visions and yeah, revelations. That's right. Anyway. So he goes on in verse twelve, uh, sorry, in chapter twelve. 
I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. Uh, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. Okay, so now the next thing. So I've suffered. This is what. So th- these are my. So he's listed his credentials. Yep. He's listed what he's personally what it's cost him, and now he's going to this area of spiritual. Okay, well if that's okay. If we're going to compete on that ground, and again, he's yeah, emphasizing, right. I'm talking as a fool here. Right. I'm playing a part here. Mm. Uh, he says, I, and it's interesting the way that he puts this, is, I know a man in Christ mm. who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Mm. And we don't know if he's talking about himself, perhaps, in the third person, or whether this is someone else. Well, most, I, I, most I, likely it's yeah, him, most likely, Most likely himself, yep. uh, I, I think. Yeah, because I think... I think there's a higher degree of caution he has yes. about this now. Yep. It's like, okay, I'll boast about the other stuff, but this is... And particularly because he goes on to say this person was not permitted to share yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, And so, in a sense, he's trying to... So that so maybe makes, they don't keep drilling in on him. He tries to make it sound like yeah. it's about somebody else. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Yeah, the third heaven, Matt. Yeah. Tell us a bit about the third heaven. Well... We, we actually don't know for sure. What, what we do know is that there was a lot of speculation uh, amongst the rabbis at that time mm. um, about the heavens and various perhaps, um, you know, circles of heaven. Perhaps if we, if we talk in uh, Dante's, mm. uh, um, Dante is the poet. created the, the poet that created this piece of work known as the Divine Comedy. He talks about circles of uh, circles of hell and circles mm. of heaven, and, mm. and and that in itself really was inheriting traditions uh, from the rabbin, you know, like rabbinic traditions where, where there was uh, speculation about circles. I mean, he Dante is also uh, quite connected with Greek traditions that. About levels of yeah, about levels of, of heaven and depending so depending on your works, basically. Yeah. So 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 there was so both out of the Greek tradition and the rabbinic tradition, there's all of this speculation about mm. heaven. So so and even in Eastern, like I think Hindu, I think uh, Islam actually have seven. I think yeah, they speak yeah. continuing of the yeah. seven heavens. So yeah, that's yeah. right. So um, so there was that kind of speculation. So the point is is that the word heaven needed to be... It doesn't mean that he's buying into that necessarily. He just needs to... He Actually, he can't, you can't just say, I was caught up to heaven mm. because they're like, oh, oh like, w- what do you even mean by that? So he, he, for some reason, he references the third heaven. Um, now, look, there's some people that think that, oh, no, he's simply saying, I'm not talking about the sky, the sky and I'm not space. talking about the outer space. I'm talking about the Where third heaven yeah. in the third sense of yeah. the word. Now, it may be... It may be that that he's clarifying he wasn't caught up to the sky, didn't go out into the universe. He actually, it was actual heaven. So that mm. may be the case. The uh, Hebrew word for heaven is shamayim, apparently, yeah. which is a plural form. So it couldn't yeah. mean anything like sky or space. Yeah, oh, or that's right. Yes, thank dwells. you. Yeah, so good, yeah. it's not like it's got one single meaning. It could be any of those yeah. three meanings. Yeah. And there are only three. So the third one is the place where God dwells. Yeah, that's right. Know? Not the sky, not outer space, but yeah. the place where God dwells. Yeah. So it may be that. In fact, up anyway. to this point, Stu, uh, until uh, I, I did my research, and, and I, again, <laughs> you know, I, in, in preparing for these, I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. doing, you know, we're both doing our share of, of research here. Uh, but I, actually, uh, I had seen it that that's the way that I had read this yeah, that, up to yeah. this point. I thought, yeah. okay, that makes sense that he would need, because of the ambiguity around the word, that he would need to clarify. He's talking about the spiritual heaven, right. the realm of God. Okay? Yes. Yeah. But 
uh, it may also be alluding to something around this speculation because there was a lot of that in, yes. in rabbinic circles. And so maybe he's being specific, not necessarily buying into any theory, but saying, oh, yeah, I'm talking about what you guys talk I'm about. Talking, talk I'm about speaking this. in your language so you understand yeah, what I'm yeah, saying that's, here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. um, so that's probably what he's doing there. But he says he's not allowed to speak about what he mm. heard whilst yeah. he was in this third heaven. You know, yeah. unlike unlike uh, John with the Book of Revelation, yeah. where he was told to. Yeah, that's right. It seems that Paul was told not to. Oh, I wish he was. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you wish he was. Uh, you know, but hey, but we have the we have the revelation of John. Um, you know, and I think if you imagine what he obviously did here and remembers, and then his heart to go so hard. Yeah. For the gospel, it's like. They're probably connected. They're probably connected. Yeah, you know, it's like I mean, think it. So, so he 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 is caught up to heaven. Like he actually mm. has this experience where he's caught up into heaven. Man, mm. I mean, mm. and, and in fact, it was so real for him that he didn't even know whether it was in the body or out of the body. Yes, that's how real it actually was mm. uh, for him. That mm. he he wasn't sure whether he was even there physically. Or somehow, spiritually, uh, spiritually. yeah, yeah he, he just, he can't even answer that question uh, because he keeps saying whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know, but mm. God knows. Yeah. And he says in verse four, I was caught up to paradise, uh, and, and which is a, the broader way of referring to, to, heaven. to heaven, basically, um, to the you know, spiritual realm uh, of you know, God's, the sort of immediate, um, in, in the immediate presence of God in that sense. Yeah. And heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. Man, I, I sort of wish that he could tell. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's right. That's but, right. Uh, I, I read, again, doing my research. That, that the as you say, it would have been an incredibly motivating oh, thing absolutely. for him. Yeah. The paradisos um, in the New Testament can refer to the place where dead believers await resurrection. So yeah. that's kind of the perhaps a yeah, interpretation what, of the word paradise as opposed to the heaven. Yeah, it's, it's what... Uh, I think most evangelical theologians refer to as the intermediate state yes. because we recognize that a spiritual heaven isn't the ultimate destination right. because the ultimate, we were created to be embodied, to be physical yeah. beings in a physical world. Yeah. And that basically is what you, where you get to at the, the end of Revelation. The yeah. It's the new heavens and the earth and resurrected bodies. Mm. Mm. Um uh, spiritual, but in the sense that Jesus' resurrected body was spiritual, though still still physical, yes. uh, but but of you know ha- having certain spiritual properties. Mm. I mean, that's another question. Yeah, we, yeah. we talked about that. Yeah, we did in the uh, when we looked at First um, Corinthians yeah, fifteen. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so there is that point. So so the so when we die, we go to be with the Lord in in a spiritual in a spiritual sense. sense. Mm. But there's this sense of sort of awaiting the the day the of resurrection. resurrection. Yeah. Now there's issues there with time and 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 the reality of time and so yep. so it it it's a little speculative yes. but but the fact is that you know that there are descriptions it, it's described as a conscious experience you know Jesus says today you will be with me in paradise and mm-hmm. um and in um uh, I think it's in Revelation five where it talks about the souls under the altar crying out how long O Lord till you judge the inhabitants right. of the earth right so 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 there there's you know the souls of the martyrs mm. in heaven, Waiting. sort of interceding in mm. a sense mm. um, and crying out to God. Now again, you're in apocalyptic vi- visions, and that could be you don't want to take that. You know, you, you don't want to 
yeah. create a doctrine out of that necessarily. But the, but that's the indication that it nevertheless this intermediate state while we await the day of resurrection is uh, is a, is a conscious state. That's that's yeah. where most evangelical theologians yeah. uh, agree that no no that it's a conscious experience, um, as well as of course people who describe experiences of. Of you know whether it's near death experiences or, or death experiences yes. where they come back and yeah. and there are lots of people that have de- that have described experiences like this where they have been to heaven and come back yes and you know I don't think they're they're all necessarily legitimate but I think probably uh, that's a possibility and that mm. certainly at least some of them are and it's interesting that the the ones. Uh, not necessarily all of them, but certainly a vast multitude of the ones I've heard who have and come back mm. no longer fear death. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah it is interesting. Oh, Stu, that's a big rabbit. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> great to talk uh, all <laughs> anyway, about that. Paul was not permitted to share, so we're not going to do that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's – and this is uh, – he moves on, actually. This is where and, – and this is a fascinating uh, – yeah, this yeah. is a fascinating section and, and a section of this letter that I love because uh, he in, – in the light of these – incredible revelations that that he's had right mm, as mm. well as the fact that this is a guy that has performed signs and wonders right mm. and as i said now, before walked with the risen yeah Christ. that's right but he says in order to keep me from becoming conceited i mean yes. he, the, he's still human right mm, the guy's mm. still human and and to 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 carry this much revelation and that much of the power of god in your life there's this beautiful sense in which God builds in a defensive, a very um, painful defensive mechanism, uh, and keep we don't, ex- yeah, to keep to keep Paul humble, right? Mm. Because he's given him so much, but to protect Paul, this is the love of of God towards Paul. It, it gives him this thorn in the flesh that he describes. He says, yeah. therefore, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, uh, I was given a thorn in my flesh and. Interestingly, a messenger of Satan mm. to torment me. You know, we think, does would hang on, would God allow like mm. Satan to do? Well, no, we have plenty of precedent for that. Yes. Actually, I mean, uh, you know, Job, for example, God yep. allows Satan, and 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 the the result of what Satan does to Job is actually brings out the best in 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 Job. I mean, Job is. You know, it involves a lot of suffering for Job, mm. so it doesn't not to minimise that, but it does actually bring his faith out. Um, and brings glory to God, then, and brings immense glory to God yeah. uh, through that. And then you've got the the case in uh, in Kings where the, you know, Micaiah the prophet uh, has this vision uh, with Jehoshaphat and Ahab, and it's he has this uh, describes because there's all these false prophets there, and 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 Micaiah yes. the prophet says to Ahab and Jehoshaphat, you know, I had this vision of of the, the heavenly courtroom and an evil spirit saying, let me go and be a deceiving spirit in that's the right. mouth uh, to bring judgment. God says, very well, go. And so, you know, that's important because because even the demonic world isn't outside of God's, you know, it, yeah. there's a sense in which God uses the d- demonic world to give, as it says in Romans 1, God does give people over, you know, in, yes. you know and, and in fact, he's even referenced that in, in um, 1 Corinthians about handing someone yes. over to Satan. yes. Not, not, not to condemn them, but actually to uh, help them to feel the pain of to their see. bad choices. Yeah, that's right. Yep. You know, to see where this goes, so that mm. they would be saved. Right. So, so it's really so. So you know, 
God uses these demonic forces to, to achieve his own will. We should never think about as two forces just e- equally fighting each other. And God's really frustrated because of all these terrible things that these demonic entities are doing. Yes. Uh, no, no, no. God is even using that. Uh, yes. it's, it doesn't make it good, um, but God is working all things for the good. But of his those ultimate of purpose. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's yeah. right, and you, and you, I mean you see that in the book of Revelation too. Uh, you know, d- demonic beings going out to really bring things to the surface. So uh, the thorn in the flesh could be yeah. many things. Lots of people have speculated what it could be. As you said, as we said earlier, it could be a physical ailment or potentially a speech impediment. Yeah, a bit like Moses had really, because yeah, he, he yeah. didn't want to have to go and yeah talk to the Pharaoh because like I don't speak oh. that well. Yeah, you know? oh, uh, got, it, Moses said to you, got the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite verses in in Exodus. Is yes. oh Lord. Please send someone else. It's like one of my favorite verses. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, but you know, and 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 he pleads with God, like it really, it really causes him anguish, right? So he pleads with God to take it away. But he said to me, "My grace is sufficient to you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about like about my weakness." So he's saying to them, "What you're actually interpreting as." as a disqualifying thing is actually, is actually the thing that mm. that that God has done in my life mm. to actually preserve my integrity. Mm. Integrity, which these other guys don't have, by the way. And he actually says that that means I'm not going to just put up with these difficulties. I'm actually going to delight in yeah. these dif- yeah. difficulties because I see what God yeah. does in me and through yeah. me because of them kind of thing. So yeah. in his weakness, as you say, the power of God is made strong. Yeah. Amazing. Oh man, that's yeah. a it's a hard it's a hard one. I mean, you know, this is an experience like it's an experience that's so familiar to me in so many ways. I I, uh, I, I have sensed in in many times where I prayed for more from God, more equipping, more. I have had such a clear sense of God saying, "You actually can't handle it. Not not the way that you are. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to need to do some things in mm. your life. and and." and and what God does, the result of it, is always a greater feeling of weakness, of mm. um, just, a, you know. Inadequacy. It's, 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 mm. it's like almost this sense that God's going to lead you to a place of genuine humility, a kind of humility that only actually God can bring about uh, to actually enable you to steward these things without it going in your head. Or, mm. Because, again, this is a big issue in these letters is – all of this, you know, all of these giftings, and and mm. but people are wearing it like badges, and yeah. and well, uh, you know, um, you know, Paul has this, uh, you know, has this this benefit, you know, God has really looked after him in this way. Anyway, look, I mean, it's it's, uh, I I just I've always been fascinated with that that section. So he goes on, uh, you know, he and and we'll finish off, Stu. He kind of ends with a sarcastic style where he kind of yeah. began. Really, it's like, yeah. um, you know, forgive me for being kind to you, kind of thing. Yeah, I've made yeah. a fool of myself. He says yeah, in, yeah. in 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 twelve uh, verse eleven, I made yeah, a fool yeah. of myself, but you drove me to it. Yep. I ought to have been commended by you. Uh, for I'm not the least inferior to these super apostles, even though I'm nothing. He keeps coming back to that because he really he really sees that he that he really is nothing, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's not it's not like self deprecation. No, it's no. not actually self deprecation. This isn't you know. He's trying to lift Christ up, yeah, and the church up because because he him. he senses his how much he is loved by God's rule. Yes. God's really looking at yeah. his. It doesn't depreciate his value in any respect, mm. but he realizes as Jesus is apart from me, you, you can, can do, do nothing. nothing, right? Yeah. 
Um, and in the sense yeah. that's countering what these other false apostles are saying, yeah. which is raising themselves up and actually putting others down and creating yeah. division in the church and the like. So yeah. he's, he's trying to counter that. So, you know, these false apostles are then warning the Corinthians that if Paul comes back, they're going to drain their financial, he's going to drain their financial resources. When in reality, Paul said, I don't, I don't want anything from you. I'm not looking to take yeah, any I've money. Yeah, I never have. <laughs> I never have, and I'm not going to now, you know. So it's like yeah. they're almost clutching at straws yeah. at that point in time. And, and I love the fact that Paul kind of says, I don't want your money or your possessions. I just want your hearts for Christ. Yeah. That's what I actually really want. Yeah. I want you to be fully devoted to, to Christ. Yeah. Which is amazing. And, and Paul's kind of love is very much like that of a child. I, I want to provide for you, not the other way yeah. around. You know? And he's writing this too because he's trying to prepare the way. Correct. I mean, he, for he, a visit. You know, he, mm. he suggests to them, look, I'm doing this so that, well, he says uh, in verse 20 of mm. chapter 12, mm. for I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you uh, as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. Uh, you know, that is like you've got to get your criteria right here because if you want me to be one of these guys, that's not ha- that's not me. No. I'm not one of those guys. So if you're looking for that kind of leader, uh, y- you know, absolutely. I, yeah. I'm, I'm and I'm not even going to try to be that yeah. kind of leader. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be who God's yeah, made me to be. Yeah, but he's also, I think, concerned that he he doesn't want to come and have to deal with all of this stuff. No. And and I sense, you know, I wonder, you know, again, Paul's pretty pretty hard guy i think he would he would pack a hard punch um but you know he's wanting to you know he wants to come in and and see some measure of response and, yeah. and, and repentance yeah. and so he's challenging them to examine themselves test yourselves you yeah know, make sure you are you know in the faith um he wanted them to be doing the right yeah thing. yeah chapter 13 verse 5 uh great I, I think this is this is great advice uh, for every. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself um, now. By by what? Remember the key, the key here is faith. It's not not about quantity of, you know, uh, boxes to Service tick and good works exactly. and 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 achi- spiritual achievements. Yep. No, do you trust me? Do mm. you trust me? That's the that's the key. That's the key thing. So, um, you know, he. He he winds up when he says at, at the end here. This is why I write these things when I'm absent, that when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use in the use of my authority, the authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. And and he, you know he he ultimately and and this is the thing that I that that moves me is so much about the writings of Paul is that I see the heart of this man inspired by the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, the heart of God just bleeding through this church. Guys, please don't be led astray. I know these guys appeal to you. I know this criteria appeals to you. Because who wants to, you know, who wants to have the the the, the sort of um, suffering, you know, the, the the kind of suffering servant criteria? Is you know, I know that's counterintuitive, but but it that's that's reality, you know. And and it's so it, there's this heart that is just pleading for these people, you know, to recognize, because this is their survival as a church. This church isn't going to survive unless they recognize what discipleship actually is going to cost them, that what it's going to look like. If they don't actually, uh, if they can't be led to a place of humility, they are not going to get any further. than Honestly, that is, if, you know, if, if we're not willing to be responsive and to humble ourselves, you go no further in the spiritual life. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. 
we really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading as we go through the Bible with Thrive. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper and thrive. Thank you.